Welcome to None of This is Real, the podcast for all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Demini. I'm Sarah Sinkhole. I'm kind of flirting with you. Hey, y'all. And Stop. With y'all. Stop flirting with them. Why? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't whisper speak. I'm, You're being too breathy. It's, it's grossing me out. Oh, I'm just preparing for our next erotica oh. novella. Yeah, we gotta get to work on that one. Yeah. We need emails. What should we, what what paranormal uh, or weird and mysterious entity should we write about next? Yeah. Let us know. Give us some suggestions. Oh, oh. So y'all, we've moved this episode up in mm. queue. We did. Because we're going to talk about something current. And also, I think we fixed the sound. I think we did it. I think we know how to use our new stuff now. <laughs> It's been quite a process, and I do know that at some point on the Patreon, right? We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to give you a little compilation of all of the tests of the oh, different yeah. setups, and some of them, you'll hear how bad, what was going on over here was bad over here, y'all. Um, I think we got it. We'll find out. If we don't got it, then we're going to keep trying. I think we got it, and thank you for bearing with us through our all of our sound experiments. And so there's going to be two episodes after this that, you know, the sound quality is not going to be as lovely, but the, the content is choice. <laughs> choice nugs of content. <laughs> so we dank, ap- dank content. What? Stop. We appreciate you being on the journey with us. Oh, my God. Sorry. Did uh, I get too breathy again? Again, with the breathiness. So- we do appreciate you. For real. We really do. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, hey, Sarah, did yeah. anything weird or mysterious <laughs> happen to you lately? Oh, my God. So many things. Um, I live in an RV in, a, in the middle of a temperate rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> so my life is weird and damp. And there's lots of is smells. It, is it moist? It's moist over there. Everything is truly moist, and I'm over it. But... um. There's so many other parts of the job that are that I really do like. Um, and one of those things, one of the things that happened to me was within a week or two. And I told you this already, I think. I saw three people that I knew come that into the camp. weird. And I have not seen anyone before that or anyone since that. It was like I saw three people I knew within like seven to ten days of each other, all of them. Okay. The first one was an ex-husband. Of one of my old co-workers from 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Obviously not going to say hello to him. Hmm. Oh, hey, do you remember me? Do you remember me? 15 years ago, I came to your house at you and your ex-wife's house for a a work party. Remember that? Remember remember you want to think about your ex-wife right now? Yeah, this isn't weird. Um, And then one of my sister's bosses that I've known for like a decade. We played at the coffee shop back in the day when we were in a band. She's worked there for a at least 10 years just pulls up to the kit to the gate and i was like oh hey oh hey there and then like a week after that i was we're, we're riding around in the golf cart cleaning the bathhouses and uh i look over and there is this dude that was a year ahead of us in middle school <laughs> oh my gosh and i immediately in high school too right yeah well i guess so i remember him from high school yeah Anyway, he like dated at least two people that we hung out with, and everybody thought he was like an uber babe. But um, I mean, he was. Yeah, he was like a skater dude for his time. With like long, he would braid his long hair into two little 
braids. Oh, the cutest. In the 90s, that's all we wanted was a skater dude with little cute braids. Apparently. Um, <laughs> anyway, and he looked at me and I looked at him, right? He was coming out of the bathroom that I was about to clean. Just so many layers of awkwardness. That's weird. And he, so he looks at me and I see him immediately. Immediately I know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. It's been at least 20 years probably. Know who he is. He, then he looks at me again. He looks away and does a double take. And he's confused the second time. Like, huh? Something's, do I know you? And I was like, I'm not going to say shit <laughs> right now. Not in the mood. I'm, it the, and it was the last bathroom. There's 13 bathhouses, oh right? We're God. on the 13th one. I am gross and tired and sweaty. And you don't want to see Hottie from high school. Oh, yeah. I don't really want to see anyone from high school. <laughs> Anybody at all, um, ever, ever from high school. Just kidding. If you're listening and we went to high school together, I'm sure you're cool and I would love to see you. Anyway, um, so I, I just let him walk by and I was like, check you later. But yeah, it was weird. Check you later. Check you later. Oh my gosh. I just did a shaka. What was that? I Stop. don't know. All right. You're you're going back. You're regressing. I am regressing. It's happening. It's fine. Um, So yeah, I saw three people I know. Hmm. So weird. Whoa. Also weird if you pull up at a campsite in the middle of nowhere in a forest and someone you went to high school is the gatekeeper, literally. Right? I am a literal gatekeeper. It's pretty fun, actually. <laughs> you get to say if they can come in. So if they bullied you or something, you can be like, you're out of here. Yep, it's true. At first, I was like, oh, no, rude people. And it was like not fun, right? Because I have to tell people no. And especially old white men don't don't like it when you do that. So I've had to deal with some grouchy butts. But now, actually, I'm I'm getting some sort of joy out of the fact that I get to tell them no. That's the way that I'm dealing with it. I'm I like, got the power. Oh, you weren't nice to me. So no. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be nice to people. Some if- old guy came up in a convertible and his wife was smiling at me like, the whole time, this creepy smile that did not reach her eyes. And she's just like looking at me. And he's like, I told him that they can't drive through. I explained the reason. Everything, you know, normal. And I I do, I can use my discretion and let people in. So if you're nice to me, I'm going to let you in. Yeah. Probably. If course. you're a pregnant person who has to pee, I'm going to let you in. You know, I have, I have rules that I follow. Anyway, immediately this guy is mad that I said no. So he just starts driving around the gatehouse to leave, yelling. As he drives away. And oh then he pulls God. up on the other side and he goes, we're going to camp somewhere else. And I said, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm just going to be like super overly like saccharine to these mean people and just be like, oh, have a great time. Bless your heart. You don't get what you want. And it's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Look what happens. You give me one little bit of power. <laughs> A monster. I begin to cackle and tell you you can't come in. Oh, my God. Anyway, no more about my boring job. Tell me a weird thing. It is not boring. It is (laughs) giving me a lot of joy. Oh, good. Um, Okay. I've got two weird things. And these are two things I've talked about before. I have weird pets. And so and I think anytime you live with little beings who cannot speak to you, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's it like is I weird. I have an animal. I have a a really evolved wolf that <laughs> lives in my house. You know, yeah. it's weird. So <laughs> what's going on in their little heads? We'll never know. You were here for this. We were sitting on the porch and I looked down into the yard and I see that my dog is peeing. And I don't know why I commented on it because I'm super mature, I guess. Well, also because he was like frozen in this weird pose and just peeing. Like he looked weird. 
Well, I just said, I noticed that he had been peeing for kind of a long time. So I said something like, wow, my dog's taking a really long pee. And then you were looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that our husbands were like, kind of like, okay, okay, let's not talk about dog peeing. We were about to eat. Yeah. And Levon was kind of, I think he was kind of into it. I don't remember. He was. Now. He I mean, was like, that's whoa, his- the dog is peeing for a really long time. And then finally, I look over and I'm like, he is still peeing, y'all. It's been over a minute. And then then everyone was watching at that point. Then we were all like, wow, what's going on? And he hadn't moved a muscle. It looked like he was barely breathing. And we were like, is it a glitch? Is this a glitch? It was really odd. It was a full at least two minutes. It was at really weird. At least two. It felt more like five. But it was a very, <laughs> very long time. And we were... Is the weirdest part that we were all just staring at your dog peeing for a long time? <laughs> well, I guess it, that might be the weirdest part. It's the weirdest part for the dog. If there wasn't a glitch... But if there was a really a glitch in the matrix or in my dog, then that's the weirdest part. But we don't True. know. We'll never know. I've oh I've also reached glitch talk. Oh, fun. Okay. So I'm watching a lot of people on TikTok post about the glitches in the time continuum that mm-hmm. they've experienced. <laughs> like this one guy, he was saying, My neighbor, I see her all the time. I see her walk her dog. We've talked to each other. I know exactly what she looks like. I know her face. It's not the same woman now. She's doing the same thing. She's do she's walking the dog. What? I still see her. Ew. Or no, I think he said the dog wasn't around anymore. I don't remember, but he was like, it's a different woman. I swear, y'all. I know this person. She's doing the same routine. What? Different lady. That's really weird. Either <laughs> he hmm. whenever people post stuff like that, I'm always like, is there a carbon monoxide leak in your home? Like, oh, my gosh. Did you hit your head? Are you OK? I, I, I have hope, questions. I hope they're OK. I hope that person's OK. Me oh, too. The other weird thing that happened. So remember that one time when this was not long ago, when I was thinking maybe I should floss my teeth and then a song came on and it yes. said floss my teeth. Floss your teeth. And okay. you did it. So I was I was doing my daily Spanish lesson on Duolingo Mm -hmm. and I started to brush my teeth while I was doing it. And the first thing I get was speak this sentence. Siempre nos cepillamos los dientes, which is we always brush our teeth. We always (laughs) brush our teeth. I was like, really? Wow. You need to like, I don't know, either not brush your teeth so many times (laughs) I am in there doing. You, you do brush your teeth a lot, so I the do. likelihood that True. these coincidences would happen is higher with you because of the amount of toothbrushing. Dental hygiene is important to me. Okay, <laughs> that's and good. I'm not making fun. The little r- robots in my phone know about it. <laughs> I guess so. Watch, I'm gonna get an ad for toothbrushes after this. Oh gosh. I think that's it. I think that's all the weird things. I don't have any specific. Oh, we do have an update. Oh, Patreon. Oh, Patreon update. Bow, bow, bow. Is everybody ready? Are you listening? Okay. Oh, sorry. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, what is that song? I'm doing it wrong. It's, um, <laughs> what is the song I'm thinking of? Are you thinking of dun, like, dun, a, a dun, dun, sports it's like a sports thing? Yes. <laughs> it's like an enter the arena type of song. You know it. Are y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Oh, please be ready for it. We're really, <laughs> really building it up here. I think. I don't know what we're doing. We are giving you an exclusive Patreon only random weirdness mm. every month. Ooh, 
an extra random weirdness every month. Hey, hey, starting at the end of August. And that will be at the cryptozoologist and higher level. So check it out. We're going to be updating the Patreon here and there until we get it just right. So if you have any suggestions, please feel free to let us know. Yeah, we're getting everything just right. We're getting our sound just right, our Mm -hmm. Patreon just right, our content just right. All right. And without further ado, we're going to talk about some. So what what would you call your, you've got a listicle, right? I've got another listicle. Here's the deal. I don't, I have, I'm basically a Luddite at this point. My phone doesn't work. My debit card doesn't work. I have very limited access to the internet. So you're like, ooh, I want to do a topic. I'm like, cool, I'll find another thing to talk about. And then I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I found 12 things. And I don't have time to decide which one is the one. So I'm going to talk about all of them. I love this. I love this listicle. It's the summer of listicles. It is hot listicle summer, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we, so what do you call your things? Structures? Um, Monuments? Monuments. Sort of all monument-esque? And this is inspired by the recent demolition of the Georgia Guidestones. If you follow any weird or mysterious news, you're in it. Of course, you know what's going on. We're gonna we're gonna get you warmed up, real nice and smooth and warm, so you're all ready to go. I am not. I am not. um, What's the word? Validating? No. (laughs) Whatever the word is, I'm not doing it. We're gonna get you ready like that. Just like I described with Sarah's listicle. And then I am going to do a, a deeper dive on the Georgia Guidestones. And if you hear any gnashing of teeth, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Sarah, it's actually my dogs. Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm going to get right to my listicle. Listicle, a listicle. Sarah's going to read you a listicle. That's right. I'm going to do it. Ow. But first I'm going to cite my sources. Oh, stop it. Okay. Um, Atlas Obscura is my main source. Um, but I did do a little deeper dive on one of the subjects and I found an article called The Mystery of Lily Gray, Victim of the Beast, Unearthed from Fox13now.com. Oh my God. And of course, and forever and always. Wake up Couldn't make up my mind there. I don't know what's going on anymore. All right. So first I'm going to talk about a place called Clown Alley. <laughs> oh, no, I'm out. Do not take me to Clown Alley ever. It's not as scary as it sounds. It's in, actually, it might be because it's in this place called Colma, California. Um, and apparently there are 17 cemeteries in Colma. And I was like, that feels like a lot. Is that a lot? I don't know what the population to to cemetery ratio usually is. <laughs> I have questions, right? So I looked it up. And yes, it is a lot because the population of Col- Colma two years ago was a thousand five hundred and seven lord a mercy that's a lot of dead people and i was like there's probably more dead people there than live people Mm -hmm. what's going on and it's because it's a suburb i guess or satellite i don't know how you would call it of san francisco so back in the day when there was like so many dead people in san francisco uh, there were too many. They were like, hey, you got to be buried outside of the city. It's also cheaper to be buried outside of San Francisco. Yeah. So this place has got a lot of cemeteries for that reason. There's not a lot of space. The whole thing about taking up valuable space when there's like a housing shortage for your dead body. It's I just wild. Can't... Every time I see a cemetery, <laughs> I'm like, why do we do this? 
don't I don't want to be pumped full of chemicals to keep me looking the same and put in a box. Let me rot away, baby. Please let the animals eat me. You've Actually, I want to I want to donate my body to the um body farm. The body farm. Yeah, that's that's one of my I ideas. I want to be a tree. It would be cool to be a tree too, yeah. Anyway, sorry. anyway. You go no. ahead. <laughs> in one of the 17 cemeteries, um Olivet Memorial Park, there's a section that is just a clown cemetery and mm. it is known as Clown Alley. Um, it features a large memorial surrounded by flat graves with the names and dates of various circus performers. Um, and this the memorial was commissioned in 1945 by the Show Folks of America. Aww. Yeah, so the front of the memorial has like a big circus clown on it, and this clown is called the Clown of Eternal Jest. Oh, I like is that. like it could be spooky. It could be creepy though. Um, the sides and the back of the memorial have the names of those who helped make the memorial possible and then one side has a quote that says that they may rest in peace among their own that's lovely so i just thought that was interesting a clown cemetery spooky started off spooky now i'm going to talk about a different um tomb this is a one-man cemetery i guess a one-man cemetery uh, this is the tomb of william jeffries and this is in youngsville north carolina which i don't think is that far from here i think we Ooh. could probably figure out how to get to this place absolutely so william jeffries was elected to the north carolina senate in 1844 when he was just oh my god what did you <laughs> my write? notes say that he was two years old <laughs> He wasn't. He was 28. <laughs> it's like a really young king. Right. They're the only heir. We were things a lot different back in 1844. Toddlers were senators. Actually, I would prefer that. Actually, anyway. it's the same now, isn't it? No, it would be better. Toddlers are like way more chill and, and sweet. Yeah. Anyway, um, he was 28, which is still pretty young if you think about it. Can, like, can you imagine today having just a bunch of... 20, 30, 40 year old senators. Wow. I anyway. mean, we should have some because God, that wouldn't that be great. We could have a nice little age range. That'd be cool. Anyway. Anyway. So in September of the next year, 1845, he got sick um, on his way home from a trip from with what was later diagnosed as bilious fever. And I meant to Google that. I don't know what it is. It sounds awful. Right. So while he was sick, he started hallucinating. And while he was hallucinating, he started talking about his death. And he was like, I am really terrified of my body rotting and being eaten by worms. Like, I don't want my body to rot and I don't want to be eaten by worms. Oh. And he was so freaked out. He was just like begging anyone who came to his bedside, like, please, please, please don't let this happen to me. Bury me in rock. He kept saying, bury me in rock. But everyone was like, oh, he's just hallucinating because he's sick and he's so young and healthy. He's not going to die from some silly sounding fever. Uh, so they pretty much forgot about it until he kept getting weaker and kept begging them. And finally, his dad was like, OK, I will bury you in the rock. And then he died on October 3rd. So after he died, his dad got in touch with one of Jeffrey's friends who happened to be a stonemason, which is like, can you imagine that conversation? Like, hey, this is your friend Jeffrey's dad. Uh, he's dead. And I need to know if you can bury him in a rock like inside of a rock is that a thing can you do that can you how do much that? what is your fee for that <laughs> um it was a thing apparently because um they found this rock on the edge of their family's property so it was 20 feet around and 10 feet tall and you could only reach it by ladder somehow and they were like can you put him in this rock and the stonemason was like yeah i can do that um it took him over a year to chisel a burial chamber out of the rock and create a marble slab with an inscription didn't his butt? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. 
It's a lot. Um, so as you would imagine, a young senator that dies suddenly from a disease that's buried inside a big old rock makes for some pretty interesting stories and lore. Um, yeah. One story was that while the tomb was being created, they were preserving his body in a barrel full of brandy, and they lowered that into the river to keep him preserved. Um, and then they drank the brandy afterwards. No, don't drink the brandy. I mean, I guess also... Depending on your situation, maybe you sure. don't want to waste all that brandy. I mean, maybe. Uh, no judgment, but I, I don't think I could drink brandy that my friend's body was going to be. <laughs> love you. Don't love you that much. There's going to be pieces floating. Okay. Pieces of Jeffrey. Stop. Okay. So um, other stories said that he was buried with valuables. So then, of course, that made his grave a target. Um, so, and sadly, that led to the marble slab being shattered. Um in a, I guess, a grave robbing scenario. Um, and they made repairs, but as of 2015, which is the latest report that I could find, the slab is still, is again shattered, I guess. And all the signs that lead you to the place have been removed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why we would have to try. And we find would have it. to try and find gotcha. it, which I bet there's someone on the internet in some forum that's like, oh, here's exactly how you get Just to this weird rock grave. Go to the dark web. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm uh, not going over there. Nope. We're not doing that. Um, okay, this next one is Victim of the Beast in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's another tombstone. So this one reads, Lily E. Gray, Victim of the Beast 666. Oh. Uh-huh. And so nobody knows for sure what that means. And for years, it was like a complete mystery. And actually, it still might be, but there's some records that some people have found and some stories floating around. So according to the library and collection coordinator for the Division of State History, Doug Meisner, the only information they had was that she had died of natural causes. But then someone found another record in the state archives from 1947, which was written by Lily's husband, Elmer. And Elmer said that both of his parents had died of grief after kidnappers murdered his wife. For some reason, Elmer was in the Utah State Prison, and this is how um, he was appealing to the Board of Pardons. So in the documents for his appeal, he said that he was kidnapped by five Democrat officials. Okay. So this would have been like sometime maybe in the 40s. So I I think if my history is right, that that would have been the New Deal Democrats, you know, like social programs. That was all kind of newish at the time. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Correct me, Daddy. Some historian out there. Yeah. Correct me. Um, Okay. I should have asked Lorenzo more detail. He's literally a history major. (laughs) Anyway. So Mike Ellerbeck, who owns the Salt Lake Monument Company that made Lily's headstone, has an he recorded an account from one of Lily's relatives. And he said, quote, Elmer was considered by Lily's family to be quite a scoundrel. Oh, not a scoundrel. He was a scoundrel. So they met later in life and had what was described as a special but almost secretive relationship, which is kind of cryptic because it's like, that could be nice. Special and secretive. I don't, I wouldn't mind a little secretive specialness. Sure. Anyway, so a few, a few years after they were married, Lily died at 77. And that's when Elmer had the marker made. Um, so according to the relative's account, Elmer Gray thought that the government was the beast. So okay. Lily was a victim of the beast government. I got you. Um, as she was dying, they 
Lily's family kept Elmer away from her. And even though they are buried in the same cemetery, they are buried as far as possible from each other. Oh, what? So even in death, they wanted to keep them separate. It's nobody's business. Nope. So that one's interesting. I'm like, I feel like there's a really good story in there, but I couldn't find too much more about it. That's weird. Yeah. Was you this would... guy some kind of paranoid person? Yes. You it know. sounds like it. Moving on to something sadder frankly (laughs) i was like oh this will be good nope it's the sad one this is the monument for the lost children of the alleghenies and this is in imler pennsylvania also if you're from any of these places and i am totally saying the name of your town wrong please let me know because i know it's weird you know local pronunciations of things are different yeah so if it's not imler let me know anyway so on the morning of april 24th 1856 samuel fox went into the woods with his rifle after he heard his dogs barking and thought that they had treed a squirrel so he's going to go shoot this squirrel to eat. So this is where we're at. It's just, I'm going to have squirrel for dinner. This is great. And what an opportunity. Sure. And so I think that is an indication of maybe like where they were at financially also as a family. Yeah. This comes into play later. Um, apparently while he was gone, his two sons, George 7 and Joseph 5, either followed him into the woods um, and got lost or wandered off on their own. Anyway, their mom thought, their mom, Susanna, thought they were with their dad. And they didn't realize that they were missing until he got back and was mm. like, no, they're not with me. They called for them. They got no reply. And then Samuel started getting the neighbors to help them look. And so by that evening, there were more than 100 people looking for the kids. And the next day, it was nearly 1,000 people. So it only took two days for people to start to point their finger at the parents. The idea was that they had killed their own children to get donations and sympathy mm. money. Um, but they searched their cabin and their gardens and their property and they didn't find anything and so then they started to get pretty desperate um and also it was 1856 so they called out um the dowser who right. went around with his their dowsing rod and found nothing the body dowser mm-hmm. everybody has one of those and then they called a witch from um somerset county who also found nothing even though she claimed to know exactly where they were and led a search team through the woods for hours mm. they still found nothing so while all this was happening a farmer named Jacob Dibbert or Dilbert, I don't remember. I think I might have made a typo. Jacob, we're just going to call him Jacob, told his wife that he's like, this sucks. I hate that these kids are missing. I really wish I could dream about where they are. Okay. And then on May 2nd, he did have such a dream. So in the dream, he walked uh, down a path through the woods. He looked and saw a dead deer, a child's shoe, and a fallen birch tree. And eventually this led to a copse of birch trees in a small ravine where he saw the bodies of the Cox children. And then he had that same dream for the next two nights. So initially he only told his wife about it because, I don't know, maybe he thought it wasn't that big of a deal. but Or people are going to think that I have this information because I did it. Sure, that's a reason not to tell anybody, but... He became convinced that it really was prophetic, so he in- ended up telling his brother-in-law, whose name was Harrison Wysong. Mm. So Wysong was like, that place you're describing sounds familiar to me. So they went out in the woods looking, and they eventually found the bodies in a small ravine in, a, in a, some birch trees off of a trail with a dead deer, a child's shoe, and a fallen birch. That is really weird. Yeah. And so a monument was placed there in in 1910 and you can go there and people have started leaving toys for the boys there. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if it's haunted a little bit. I don't know. And I wonder, I'm of course skeptical of the details of that story and how they've become possibly apocryphal. But like if you had a dream about where someone's body was, it would 
probably be in your best interest not to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> because obviously everyone's going to be like, how did you know you killed them? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, but also they did hire a dowser and a witch to come out. So they probably would believe your prophetic dream. That's what, yeah. So. Probably. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, um, Alison Krauss sings a song. She didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. Um, she sings a song called Jacob's Dream that's about this story if you want to listen to it. It's pretty good. Nice. All right. Now I'm on to one that's another mysterious marker. And this one's not um, sad and it's not about dead people. So, Oh, nice. Well, I like that. There oh, is some death, uh-oh. but it's not a big deal. Okay. It's no well, big deal. <sighs> where have we gotten? We've gotten so far from where we started. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, this is in Stoneham or Stoneham. I don't know how you say it. Sorry, Massachusetts. Um, Stoneham. So there's a pond called Spot Pond, and there's an island in the middle of the pond called Great Island, I think. And on the island, there is a cryptic stone marker that reads, Where Shoot Fell, S-H-U-T-E. Okay. And that's all it says, and nobody knows what the heck it means. It looks like a tombstone, but there's no body there, Hmm. as far as anybody knows. And of course, there's theories. So one of the theories is that back in the day, there was a, quote, debauched hotel near Spot Pond. So a brothel? Uh, I guess. Or just a place that people went to party. I don't know. The story goes that um, there was a bunch of people having like a drunken picnic near the pond. And one of these hosers was stumbling around, you know, three sheets to the wind and fell over. And his friends put the marker there as a joke. Like, haha, our drunk friend fell down right here. I like that. That's that is funny. funny. I like that's my favorite one. Um, and then in 1915, in the Medford Historical Society, there was an article published that said that the drunken joke story is more likely than the other well-known tale of some sort of duel that yeah. where a colonel named Shoot died. Like, why would I guess an island in the middle of a pond might be a cool place to have a duel? Of course, sure. Um, then there was another article in 1884, uh, and that this is what's considered to be the most likely story, even though it's also based on hearsay. Like, there's no more evidence of this than any of the other stories. But so, according to a local boatman, <laughs> there was this wrestler named Shoot who had never lost, undefeated wrestler, right? Uh huh. And the marker is in honor of his first and last defeat. So the boatman told reporters that he had rowed two wrestlers out to the island and then. They wrestled there and shoot lost. And when it says first and last defeat, I'm like, did he quit wrestling or did he die? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say. It doesn't yeah. elaborate. Yeah. And it's, so there's who knows what's going on. Somebody named Shoot fell down in some way. Oh, shoot. Metaphorically or literally. Ah, oh, shoot. So in that same article, they described the stone as, quote, exposed to the weather of all seasons for many years. And that was in 1884. So it was already old by then okay so who the fuck knows i like the stumbling around drunk i like that one too (laughs) i feel like if you fell down drunk i would be like oh commemorate this occasion with a hand carved stone be funny i got a few more um and i think most of them are less sad don't worry they're getting less sad oh thank you i appreciate that i think Uh oh did i promise too much okay I'm going to talk about the Tom Reed UFO monument in Sheffield, Massachusetts. All right. So this one's not, I mean, it's a monument. They're used to, well, okay. It's a covered bridge, first of all. And you cannot drive over it, partly because it's the site of, quote, our nation's first off-world UFO incident, according to the plaque. 
Okay, so the story goes that Tom Reed had, had been having these bizarre encounters, he called them for a while. But the most verifiable encounter happened on September 1st, 1969. So he's driving a station wagon. His mom, grandma, and brother are all in the car. And just after they cross the bridge, they see, quote, a bright light rise out of the water of the Housatonic River. Housatonic River? Mm -hmm. They were taken from their car to what appeared to be an airplane hangar where they saw creatures that resembled large insects. Uh -uh. He was separated from his mother and grandmother and taken to a strange room where he could hear them calling for him. And then just all of a sudden, they were all back in the car. I hate that. Boom. All right. And that night, apparently, 40 people reported strange lights and a saucer-like object in the sky to a local radio station. And in 2019, they removed the monument. So it was a big stone monument with a plaque on it, a big piece of stone. So they removed that because I guess Reed and the town, some board of the town was were arguing over whether it was legal or not. I don't know if he like put it up by himself. I couldn't tell what was going on, but they were somebody was mad and they were arguing. So they took it down. Now in, in 2021, they replaced it with a sign. So there still is a sign that's like, hey, okay. this thing happened here. It's commemorated in the, some the way. The governor signed it and everything. Yeah. So that would be a fun one to go to, I think. We could do a little tour. A little tour of the U.S. Monument There's so many. Tour. Oh, this was from an article or a, a listicle of, of its own. It was like 400 plus monuments. Weird. Yeah. I love Atlas Obscura. It's so great. Um, all right, this one's called the center of the universe. And if in case you didn't know, the center of the universe is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, of course. Did you know that? I should have assumed this yeah. whole time. So in downtown, there's this little concrete circle in the middle of a larger circle of bricks. And this is supposed to mark the center of the universe. If you stand in the middle of the circle and talk or sing or yell, the sound is echoed back several times louder cool. towards you, which is pretty cool. So people say that you could like go in there with a, like a foghorn and blow the foghorn in the middle of the circle and people outside of the circle couldn't hear it. Um, but that's a bit hyperbolic. But your voice does sound like super distorted huh. from the I outside. I want to go stand in there and yell some stuff. Isn't that cool? Yes. So according to Alice Obscura, there's no general consensus as to how this is happening. Um, although it's thought because there's a circular wall and like an, I guess it's just the way that it's built. The sound bounces off it in a certain way. And there is a similar thing that's not quite, a, I don't think your voice sounds distorted outside of it, but there's a place in Louisville where we grew up at the at a local park. It's the same thing. It's a circular wall. And if you stand in a certain spot facing the wall and yell, it's like incredibly loud. Like it's a, like you've been mic'd. We should go record an episode in there. We should. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> or Louisville. just have, give us ourselves more sound issues. That sounds great. <laughs> Why don't we? Because there's so many sound issues to deal with over here, including me. <laughs> you are a sound issue. So am I. I am. It's, it's true. My dogs. We all are. My dad. Everyone. Okay. I know, right? It's, it'd be great if Joel could find a way to interrupt the podcast, even though we're at my house now. He's going to find a way. He's going to knock happen. on that window. Joel will find a way. That's what everyone says. Okay. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Yeah. If my dad just knocked on the window just now, I would cry. I would be like, <laughs> why are you here? Here, doing this to me. What's going on? This is an elaborate prank. Truly. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about something called the Elkhart Toothbrick 
Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And this is in Elkhart, Indiana, all right? This is a monument for a dentist's dead dog. (laughs) Aww. So Dr. Joseph Stamp lost his precious German shepherd named Prince back in the 40s or 50s sometime. And he wanted to memorialize his pupper, so he did what anyone would do. He embedded literally thousands of human teeth in a concrete block outside his dentist's office. Just what you would do. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. So these were teeth that he had pulled over his 60 years as as a dentist and preserved them. Why did he keep them? In a barrel full of chemicals in the basement of the dentist's office. But why, though? I don't know. You 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 won't be able to ask him because he died in 1978. Mm. Um, but, but before he died, he continued to add teeth to the monument. He just kept putting more and more teeth in there. He was okay. a tooth freak, apparently. Um, and in the article I read, it was like the little kids would be like, "Yay, he's adding more teeth!" And they would go over there, and like people who grew up in that area have memories of like climbing all over it and trying to dig teeth out to like no. freak their friends out. No. <laughs> What is going on in this town? I don't know. Elkhart, what's going on? Tell us. Please tell us. write us. Oh. Maybe your tooth is on the tooth wall. Ew. I mean, it's not that gross, I guess. I don't. It's I, a serious. It's creepy. It is a lot. Creep, it's the thousands. It's the number of teeth. If it were like 50, I feel like that, in a, maybe, but thousands, that's just. I don't know. It's too many teeth, doctor. Okay. I have one more. I have one more, and it's called uh, Samuelson's Rocks. Okay. And this is my favorite, and I'm very excited to talk about it. It's in 29 Palms, California, in Joshua Tree National Park. Oh. Yeah. So I couldn't tell exactly how many boulders there are that have these inscriptions on them, Um, but there's at least eight, okay? And they are covered with philosophical musings. Or insults aimed at Herbert Hoover. <laughs> oh, I wish I had gone. I didn't know this existed. I camped yes. in Joshua Tree the, a couple times. Oh, you sh- Well, one day we'll have to go back out there. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Yes. And um, so they're called Samuelson's Rocks after their creator, John Samuelson, who was an immigrant from Sweden who was homesteading um, in an area that would later become Joshua Tree. So he's a pretty mysterious dude. There's not a lot known about him. But he happened to meet this pulp fiction writer named Earl Stanley Gardner back in the 20s. And he told him his whole life story. And Gardner was like, I'm not sure this is all true, but I really like it. So I want to buy the rights to your story and publish it in a magazine. And he was like, OK, cool, do that. So that's ha- that happened. And according to that account, Samuelson was a sailor when he was young. And he was shipwrecked on a strange island off the coast of Africa then kidnapped and held captive by natives that spoke to monkeys. Okay. So whatever that means. Okay. Then he also encountered a hoard of gold that was guarded by intelligent killer ants. (laughs) No, you did not. And he uh, made a tribal chief daughter fall in love with him. So this is like a wild story. Sounds like he's lived. It sounds very fantastic. Yes, very much so. Like, so he had to leave the island eventually because he pissed off the tribe's elders and then was forced to eat the bread of forgetting. Okay. And that almost wiped his memory completely clean. Um, but he still remembers, you know, the intelligent ants and all that stuff. Um, and it caused him to fall ill with a sleeping sickness whenever it rained. 
This is like an Indiana Jones movie. Yes. What is going on? It is on? an Indiana Jones movie. Um, so this, because he was, he would get sick every time it rained. He was like, I got to live in the desert. There's Naturally. No, it, it's The rain is making me sick. There's no rain here. It's perfect. Um, so he's living on this homestead. He's got a wife at this point and he starts writing shit all over the rocks in, on his homestead. Um, and a couple of years after he started doing that, he found out that he was unable to buy the homestead because he was not a U.S. citizen. And that made him super pissed. So he fucked off to L.A. He was like, fine, I don't want to do this anymore anyway. I'm going to go be in pictures. He, well, no, he ended up murdering two men after fighting them at a dance. And then a trial was declared insane and sent to an asylum. This is very fucked That's up. That's not the same. Oops. No. No, it's not the same, but it gets even better because he escaped from the asylum. Oh, no. Went up to the Northwest, became a logger, and then was killed in a logging accident. What a life. Right? And that part is true. Okay. As far as we know. The, the first part that I said, probably not true. So I'm going to read you um, what five of the rocks say. Okay. It's not all of them. I'll leave a little mystery in case you want to go read them for yourself. I do. And I'm not going to pick on Samuelson because English was his second language, as far as I know. And also, he was writing on rocks, like etching into rocks. Right. So, and so, like, you make some mistakes, you can't fix them. His spelling's not great. He didn't have his stylus no. or any spell check. So, like, I'm just, I'll tell you when something is spelled incorrectly, but just to give you the flavor of what's happening. Okay. So, this one reads The Rock, period, of faith. Spelled with an H-T instead of T-H. And truth, period. Nature is God. The key to life is contact. Evolution is the mother and father of mankind. Without them, we be nothing. John Samuelson, 1927. Here's my favorite. <laughs> oh, boy. The milk of human kindness ain't got thick cream on it for all of us. Ask Hoover. <laughs> oh, ask Hoover. He'll know. I mean, know. he's not wrong about that. We don't all get that thick cream. No. That's true. It's fucked up. Um, here's another one. Wake up, you tax and bond slaves. A politician is a bird that gets in on the taxpayer's pocketbook for a fat rake of and his free keeps. He leads you by the noose with one hand. With the other, he digs in your pocket. A friend of the banker and big business. Why? <laughs> Why indeed. Again, not wrong. <laughs> he was on to something. I don't love this one. God made man, but Henry, missing the N, so Harry Ford, Henry Ford, put wheels under him, though. A master of the golden rule, he must die to be appreciated. What? Oh appreciated yeah fuck henry ford but okay probably didn't know back in 1927 that he was a huge piece of garbage we didn't yet. know we didn't know all right and the last one i have this is this is very poetic mother time neither wealth laws nor armies can stop the human mind from creating new or improve upon the present day religion and government water is Safe, only hard in the chemicals, but with time the ocean can grind the hardest granite to a powdered sand. So with time will the human race grind out its own destinies, regardless of the opposition or party in power. I don't know what was going on with Samuelson. A lot, but it's like so many people that are suffering from some, obviously there are some mental health things going on with Samuelson. 
hate that he had to suffer from that in the 20s because yeah. that's got to be awful. But like, I don't know. There's like a some you're making. He's making sense. <laughs> yeah. Some of these rocks. At some least. of it makes sense. I don't know what his whole deal was, but I also agree that politicians are birds that get in your pocket and take your shit mm. and they suck ass. Lead you by the noose with one hand. Sure, sure. Yes. I am on board with these. That's I'm also on board with the idea that you, we are going to reach our destiny regardless of opposition or who's in power. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. You maybe, can't fucking stop progress. Well, maybe he was you in a... <laughs> you were him. Oh, my God. In a past life. Wow. Well, I lived quite a life then, if that's you, true. I, I would believe you would live this that one's life. super tame in comparison. So far, at least. Okay. Maybe I'll get shipwrecked. Okay, there's yeah. all, all there's my listicle. Maybe I'll get shipwrecked. <laughs> oh my god! I really don't want that to happen. I'm kidding. What do you think? Is any of that real? Hmm. Well, yeah, that last one was apocryphal. I kind of want the UFO one to be true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Some of it is real, and some of it is wild. Like the the one about the kids getting lost too. I'm like, but what happened to them? Right. I, I couldn't what find a cause happened? of death listed anywhere. I Exposure? Don't know. Like, it's sad, but also... It's really sad. It's like all missing persons stories. It, they're sad, and then you're like, yeah, but what happened? Right. I mean, and it's, I'm going to need to know. And it's so easy to, like, fill in the blanks with stuff because we you want to know, and we love patterns, and we love answers, so it's like... Yeah. I don't know. And we it's don't really want sad. it to happen to us, so we want to know... What happened? Exactly, yeah. and it's a and it's children, which adds to the layers of why we need to know. So yeah, some of it's real and some of it's not. There you go. There you go. And I'm gonna now tell you about this thing that's in all the weird news, or it has been um, lately. So I'm gonna talk about the Georgia Guidestones because you, Ooh. I know you want all the deets. <laughs> Give me the deets. I got the deeds. I got the deeds. First, I'm going to cite my sources. The Truth About the Georgia Guidestones by Michael East. Georgia Guidestones Monument is destroyed after explosion by Tim Stello and Britannica.com. Nice. That's it. Because those articles were very thorough. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start with a little history. So... Basically, the Georgia Guidestones are a monument that was quite mysterious, quite weird, and I say was because it was recently demolished. So I'll go into that later. First, we need a history lesson. Okay, and I'm excited because I purposefully avoided all the articles that popped up in my feed that were like, hey, you like weird stuff. Have you heard about the Georgia Guidestones yet? And I'm like, no, stop telling me. I'm going to wait for the pod. My friend is going to tell me later. <laughs> The Georgia Guidestones was a mysterious modern monument consisting of five granite slabs arranged in an X shape with four of the slabs surrounding the central stone. So it it, it does have like flavors of Stonehenge and things like that. Sure, yeah. Check it out. If you're not driving a car right now or something else, if you're not operating a forklift, look (laughs) it up while I talk about it. They were 19 feet in height, and or the whole thing was 19 feet in height, and the structure was topped off by a 25,000-pound capstone. So the thing oh. was a big, heavy monument. Yeah. It was erected in 1980 in the state of Georgia, about 90 miles east of Atlanta, in a town called Elberton. 
And there are only a few details about what their purpose is, who's truly behind it. Um, Some people believe it's a guide for surviving the apocalypse. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go into it. Uh, My my next section is called, But Who Though? Mm. In June of 1979, the Elberton Granite Finishing Company was approached to create the monument by, quote, a small group of loyal Americans. The alleged spokesperson of this group was Robert C. Christian, an elegantly dressed man using a pseudonym, openly using a pseudonym. Bob Christian? (laughs) Yeah. He was like... Uh, this is not my name. I'm going to be open about it. Not going to tell you my real name. Okay, weird. Elegantly dressed, you said? Yeah. Okay, sure. So probably. Interesting. At least trying to appear rich. Sure. But probably rich, as we'll see. Christian made the president of Elberton Granite, Joe H. Findley, a very interesting proposal. Uh, Christian stated that he wished for them to construct a megalithic structure comprising of 16-foot stones to function as a compass, clock, and calendar. Oh. He specified that the creation should be able to defy man-made and natural disaster. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. It's a big ask. Sob. This cryptic Christian also added that he represented a party from outside the state who wished to remain anonymous. Oh, this is so creepy. It's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. Can you imagine you're just going on your daily grind at the Granite Company and then this <laughs> cryptic person walks in and won't tell you who they are or who they work for? Yeah, that's a lot. But anyway, he said he had come to Elberton because the city's granite was the finest in the world. And oh, only well. the finest. Flattery will get you everywhere, Bob Christian. <laughs> the granite company was like, this is probably a joke or something. They attempted to get rid of him by giving an astronomical quote many times higher than any sale that they had ever made. Oh, wow. That's smart. Um, but... Their plan didn't work because Christian accepted. <gasps> Whoa. You're yeah. just like, fine, whatever number you give me. Yeah. Hey, know your worth, right? <laughs> know your worth, Bob Christian. Or the Granite Company oh, knew true. their worth, yes. right? Everyone knew their worth in the situation. What a great story. It's just, that's what that's this is end. all about. And that's the Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> okay. No, but for real. Well, The company, for a little bit, continued to try and prove to Bob Christian that his plan was not realistic, but... He was unbothered, and he left the city by charter plane, supposedly to scout for locations. Okay. Wow. He was like, I'll just be on my plane. I'll be back. I have to go fly around for a while. When Robert Christian returned on Monday, a company representative insisted that they obtain the customer's legal name and evidence that Christian had the financial means to pay for the proposed project. Well, yeah, that's good. That's good. We need to confirm. He agreed on the condition of a lifelong non-disclosure agreement and the destruction of all documentation after the project. Oh. The project concluded. Uh, see, why? See, it's a secret. I have questions. I have every, questions. Everybody does. Yep. After the agreements were made, Christian gave the company a model of the Guidestones as well as a detailed 10-page document about the requirements. And the oh following- the following Friday, a deposit of $10,000 was paid, and the Georgia Guidestones project began. Whoa. 
The stones were quarried at the Pyramid Quarry and cleaned and sized in Elberton. Master stonecutters finished the stones and a location was selected for the site. The property owner at the site, his name was Wayne Mulinex, hmm. I think. Okay. That sounds like a decongestant. It does. Anyway, he was paid $5,000 for the site and granted lifetime cattle rights on the land and the contract to lay the foundation. So he got some work out of the deal. Okay. Got to keep his cattle there and got some money. Nice. Um, so with the location set and the work underway, Robert Christian exited the story never to be seen in person again. What in the world? He pieced. I was like, okay, looks good. I'm out. Bye. Um, he did still communicate with the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, but he never mailed anything from the same location twice. Oh, my gosh. So extra. Truly. Seriously. Like, you guys, what are you doing? International man of mystery here. I guess so. The instructions for the creation of the monument were very complicated, and Joe Finley had to employ an astronomer to complete the oh project. Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah, you said 10 pages. That's yeah. a lot. Um, so here's some more details about the Georgia Guide Stones. The center stone had an eye-level hole drilled so that the North Star would always be visible alongside a slot, which is always aligned with the sun's solstices and equinoxes. Okay, sure. Why not? Also, the four large surrounding slabs are oriented to the limits of the moon migration during the year. So you okay. can chart the sun and the North Star and the moon okay. with this. The slabs were etched on both sides with a message, each side containing a different language. These carvings including included dead languages that a few only a few people could understand. So eventually, the United Nations provided the tr some of the translations for the stones. Okay. Yeah. Again, Bob Christian is extra. Extra, extra. Read all the stones. <laughs> Maybe don't. So starting due north and moving clockwise, the languages included on the rocks were English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. Okay. And then a few feet to the west, there is, was, I don't know if this is still there. There was an explanatory tablet. Oh, another one. This tablet was engraved with information about the construction and the phrase, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. There are translations provided in Babylonian cuneiform, wow. classical Greek, Sanskrit, and ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. Wow. Again, so, so extra. The preliminary inscriptions on the slabs seem to be advice for humanity following a worldwide disaster. Okay. So one of the one of the articles I read said that like the, a couple of these things are weird or they are problematic, mm -hmm. but they it's probably because a it, this well, they went up in 1980 and b it was a different time. Yeah, <laughs> but also it, this is like if. There's a worldwide disaster. Sure. Do this. So it's not like. It's not like do this right now. It's as not do this right now. Things yeah. are. Okay. Um, they also appeal to environmentalism, spirituality, peace, and reason. So some of it actually is. Not bad. Cool. And I'm going to read you what it says. Peace sounds good. The advice on the stones is this. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. That one. Hmm. Okay. Don't love. Because how do you do that? It's because there was a, that's why they say it's 
because there was a worldwide disaster. Right. Um, I, also, uh, how do you get to the number 500 million in balance with nature? Aren't they just, I, I, I have questions. Somebody I just, just guessed at a number. I feel <laughs> just like pulled I one know. out of my butt. Um, this is, this is the worst one. I think guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. You it does say diversity. So improving fitness and diversity. So like, yeah, part of the it diversity is... part's fine, but improving fitness means you're not right. It's not good. <laughs> yes. So, but then there, here comes the rest of it. Okay. Unite humanity with a living new language. That part freaks people out. I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Um, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. That doesn't sound too bad. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Okay. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Well, then oh. just trash it all then, right? <laughs> I don't know. Balance personal rights with social duties. Okay. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And oh. the last one is be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. It says it twice. Wow. I really am fully on board with one of them. And it is avoid petty laws and useless officials. Yes, I, I am. Absolutely. Fully Let's on board. Let's do that one. All right, my next section is called Conspiracy Time. Woo! Everybody get your tinfoil hats and put them on and make sure they still fit. Get ready, okay. get ready. The purpose of the Georgia Guidestones and who was behind them was already controversial before the structure was ever erected because locals believed that there was not a mysterious Mr. Christian and that the Granite Company itself was behind the sculpture Oh, um, like a publicity stunt. And the work was anti-Christian. Oh, it's anti-Christian? Okay, this is the thing. Anything that's not like, praise be to God, Bible right. verse, Bible sure. verse, it's satanic. That's true. It's black and white, baby. It it's is black and white. <laughs> if you don't say Jesus, then you are satanic. Then then Beelzebub is in the building. I, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's like there's no room for anything else. Nope, there is no room. Some to people. some people, to some people. <laughs> so some people disagreed with the tenants primarily, not because of any of the issues we talked about. Of course not. Primarily because they did not prioritize faith. Wow, y'all, come on. That was the big problem, not like eugenics. Or <laughs> oh, that just made me so tired. I just feel like I need to lay down. Oh, God. Don't lay down, don't lay down. Okay, I'm, almost, I'm awake, I'm, I'm, I'm awake. getting there, I'm, I'm getting there. Regarding... The claim that there was never a third party who commissioned the stones, both Joe Findlay, the president of Elbert and Granite, if you remember, and mm -hmm. Wyatt C. Martin, who was a local bank president who handled the project's finances. Okay. They both took lie detector tests at the Elberton Civic Center to publicly prove that they were not part wow. of any conspiracy. <laughs> wow. And that they, in fact, did not know R.C. Christian's true identity. Okay. The tests were witnessed by reporters from the Elberton Star, and both men passed convincingly. Wow. This is... Somebody needs to make a movie about this. This is too much. Oh my the, God. the visual image of like two dudes taking lie detector tests in front of the whole little town. That sounds. I this I need a, this. The Cohen brothers should make a movie. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Are you out there, Cohen brothers? If you're listening, <laughs> you should listen to. First of all, I'm so flattered yeah. that you would listen. All right. Um. Here's some more conspiratorial stuff. Even though they passed this 
lie detector test. They're doing their best to be transparent. Doesn't matter. A local fire and brimstone preacher, James Trevenstead, oh, God. claimed that the stones were, quote, for sun worshipable. <laughs> For sun worshippers, cult worship, and devil worship. Of course. And he added that occult groups would flock to the city and someday a sacrifice will take place here. Wow. That's what people like that do. They will yeah. work you up and then they're like, this is what's going to happen. He's really on one there because that's a lot to take from this. It's like, that's the conclusion? That's what's going to happen? Really? Okay. You're not mad about eugenics? Come on, bro. <laughs> no. That guy was not mad about eugenics. I guess that makes sense. The sensational claims were heightened when one of the men who was working on the stones, Charlie Clamp, just... That's a great name. It is. He claimed to have heard, quote, strange music and disjointed voices while sandblasting the rocks. Charlie, come on now. If you're making a loud noise, you got... Your brain... Come on, Charlie. Your brain. Your brain is rattling around in your head when you're sandblasting rocks. That's science. And you're... That is science. And also... Again, the pattern-loving brain, mm-hmm. I hear when when there's like a loud noise happening, like a white noise kind of thing, I do often find my brain being like, is that music in there? Is, yeah. that, is that a voice talking? Satan, is that you? Satan, are you trying to get through to me? Well, It's me, Margaret. Satan, are you there, <laughs> Satan? It's me, Sir Sinkhole. <laughs> the Georgia Guidestones were unveiled on March 22nd, 1980, so the spring equinox. And soon, curious visitors from all over the country and many international tourists came to see the monument. It has been reported that witches, druids, ceremonial magicians, Native American groups, Christians, and pagans have all visited the site for different reasons, ceremonial, curiosity, etc. Wow, this is a lot. It's drawing a lot of eyeballs. And then my next section is entitled, This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Mm, You ready? I'm ready. American evangelical Christians saw the structure as an affront to their religion. (laughs) Some claimed that R.C. Christian is a reference to Roman Catholicism. Wow. God forbid. We're mad at the Catholics still? We're doing that? Uh Uh-huh. Jeez. Uh, They saw the stones as a statement against Protestantism? I can't read that word. (laughs) Protestantism. Okay. Others highlight the use of the phrase Age of Reason, linking them to Mm. a Thomas Paine book of the same name that attacked the Christian establishment. Sure. Over time, this particular form of Christianity has become entwined with, you know, some far-right conspiracy theories. No, what? Um, They might occasionally proclaim that their faith is under attack, and so... Poor things. I really feel for them. Of course, the blame... For these attacks on Christianity rely on tropes about Jews, Muslims, and others who are not white, not Christian, etc. Sure. Okay. And this is all going to tie in, I promise. I'm not going to talk too much about it. New World Order is Mm. entering the chat. Yep. Yep. I was waiting for that one. (laughs) Yeah. I was waiting for them to show up. Because because you already knew it was coming when I read you those tenets. Yes. Okay. So New World Order conspiracies... Um, also abound because of the perceived biblical warnings of a single united government and common language, which some of that is mentioned on the stones. Yeah, the living 
language, living what a new living, it? Language. A new living language. Yeah, Ooh, or then, like, so scary. An, an international court to decide external matters and stuff like that. They they think that that's new. As order. if we would ever get together to, to do something like this anyway. Come on, y'all. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, we can't even get it together in one country, Hell no. much less. Come on. Okay, but side note, I wrote the New World Order conspiracies are based on an anti-Semitic document from 1903 called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. That document has been proven to be a forgery. It was created by officials of the Russian secret police Mm -hmm. using a satiric novel by Herman Gochi from 1868 and a few other sources but it's a it's a forgery it's not real it's okay? bullshit everybody i just have to say it because we're not going to do a whole episode on that but oh no i you can't i can't talk about there's no way that the two of us could talk about that in any rational chill way that anyone would want to listen to no. it would just be a screaming but that's the that's it that's the whole that's all we really need to say and yep. so because of like that line of thinking it led to ideas such as the guidestones being satanic uh, having hidden messages beacons of the new world order etc etc it's mm-hmm. like they, blah, blah blah um some people have even suggested that the group involved in the georgia guidestones is powerful influential they have money and possibly are still an existing rosicrucian order oh the rosicrucians just put it all in just, this it, shit stew that stew. is happening it's a stew god conspiracies too sorry i have my period i'm mad <laughs> it's okay you don't have to have your period to be mad if you're no, allowed I'm mad all the time i just allowed. have a little bit less control over the rage than usual i guess is what i should say oh my gosh here's a little more i'm i'm, I'm getting close to the stuff that's gonna make you mad being oh, over okay it. i'm ready in 2010 the makers of a documentary called dark clouds over elberton claim wow. they claimed to have obtained the address of rc christian so allegedly, they exploited the trust of uh, the, the Martin guy who was in charge of the finances of the project. Yeah, the banker dude. Got it. He had recently suffered a stroke. And oh. so they preyed on him. That's messed up. They say they say this is what happened. I okay. don't know. To, they preyed on him to acquire one of the letters um, that was sent to him by R.C. Christian, and they got the return address. That's – I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but he – didn't he use a different one every time? So exactly. it doesn't matter. So it's a, they said they tracked him down. I don't know. Sure, sure. Whatever. The documentary, though, it concluded that R.C. Christian was a doctor by the name of Herbert Kirsten and that he had publicly praised David Duke. The, oh, no. The, not that guy. <laughs> the former Grand Wizard yeah. of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. And so in addition to that, William Sales Doan, an author and historian, okay, claims that this Herbert Kirsten, he had stated his intention to create a monument to prove the superiority of the white race. So Wowzers. This documentary is saying um RC Christian is Herbert Kirsten who wanted to create this monument of racial superiority. superiority. Well, when you okay. say some eugenics type of shit, that is what I immediately think. You're okay, like but it's a scared not. white guy. It's not that. Okay. Because, or people, most people think it's not that. It's not that. Because that documentary is sus. Sure. Super sus. Well, all of it is sus. If you, yeah. I haven't watched the documentary. I don't, I don't want to. Mm-mm, but no. their, their claims are contradicted by several things. Okay, so for example, the lie detector tests, um, not to mention... The most basic knowledge of white supremacist ideology will lead you to the conclusion that the 
Guidestones, while they might be problematic, are unlikely the work of a clan apologist because mm-hmm. a monument to racial superiority wouldn't have all these languages. No. Um, they wouldn't have any plea for a commitment to nature, uniting humanity. They wouldn't have the definitely, word diversity. <laughs> definitely not uniting humanity and definitely not diversity. I can see it maybe having it different languages so that everyone can read about how superior you are. Perhaps. I mean, that's part- Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, we're but re- we're reaching. We're, I mean, everything we've been reaching for a hot minute. <laughs> we're always reaching over here. So anyway, most most people who have really looked at all of this think it's unlikely that it was created by an actual like super white supremacist. OK, then and also more likely the document was attempting to discredit the ideals carved into the stones because some people are quite threatened by the idea of unity enlightenment i feel hot it's very hot in here i'll take my shirt off do you want me to fan you fan my fan me in my rage and my menstrual rage (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm done talking about all the conspiracy stuff we can't know we don't we do not know what the deal is we can't know we don't know we won't never know my next section is the destruction of the stones so i'm gonna tell you okay i'm i'm excited tell me i wrote this like anything that's not easy to define, put in a category, or shape to fit traditional views, some people couldn't stand to simply let it exist. No, of course not. We don't know who it is, but the Georgia Guidestones were destroyed on July 6, 2022, after someone detonated an explosive device at the site. Wow. The structure was partially destroyed by the first explosion and then was completely demolished for safety reasons by officials after about 4 a.m. Oh, gosh. Okay. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation released a surveillance video showing the explosion and a silver sedan leading leaving the scene shortly after the detonation. Uh, no one's been identified. No motive is known. Um, the agency has only said that unknown individuals detonated the device. No shit. Okay. Um, Christopher Kubas, K-U-B-A-S, not sure how you say that, but uh, is now the executive vice president of the Elberton Granite Association, which has helped maintain the site over the years. Okay. He said that before its demise, the Georgia Guidestones drew more than 20,000 visitors annually. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and that's that. That's the Georgia Guidestones. Is any of that real? Oh, my Lord. It's real silly. Every time we talk about conspiracies, I feel like one of us says this. There are actual problems. <laughs> Everyone, guess what? Some rocks with words on them are not going to hurt you. There's stuff going on. I know. Okay. And every, just everybody calm down. They can't do it. My personal theory is that the stones were well-intentioned, but they were done by probably like an old man at the time who didn't understand that like saying eugenics things was going to be problematic in the future, <laughs> you know? Right. Although, I don't know. It's like the thing, just think, just ask yourself a few questions about why you think that. And then maybe, maybe, right, don't make a stone that says something about. But I'm saying that person didn't think it was a problem. No. They didn't think about it. They didn't, there was no self-reflection or whatever. I don't think so. It was like, I know what, I know what to do. I know what the plan is. And so a couple good ideas snuck in there and a couple bad ideas snuck in there. And then everybody called it satanic and then someone blew it up. Oh my God, it was the 80s. I feel like that, you just summed up the entire 80s. That was the 80s. There you go. And now that it's been demolished. Some people have um, discussed the possibility of re-erecting them, but I don't know. That's probably 
don't it's just not, let it go just do something else build a build some affordable housing <laughs> oh that'd be cool that's another thing if you are a person of wealth in this world and you want to do something to leave your mark or some mysterious thing make it helpful please yeah no one could go do something kind for other people you can't eat the georgia guidestones you can't live in the georgia guidestones you live in them um let's see i was gonna ask if you wanted to ask the magic eight ball anything but it's i think it's gone now. i think it's broken it's done oh for oh my god what does that mean I'm going to have to get us a P.O. box and see if anyone wants to send us a Magic 8. I feel like that would be cool to have. Yeah. Well, let's get a P.O. box so that we can get 17 Magic 8 balls in the mail. And then when they break, we'll always have a backup. We'll have a backup because we need a plastic novelty oracle. Yes. Obviously. Or, you know, depending on the situation, be like, I think we need the big Magic 8 ball for this one, you know. Oh, yeah. We'll have different ones for flavor. Hmm. So I can't ask the Magic 8 ball if any. I can't believe it's broken. It literally won't, it won't do. It won't do. Look at what it's not doing. It doesn't want to talk about the Georgia Guidestones. It doesn't. It's like, it's no, like no. nope. That's, that's a whole nothing sandwich. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Put that nothing sandwich down and get a tomato sandwich. Ooh, that does sound good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't it? I'm kind of hungry. All right, y'all. If you know anything more or you want to talk about your experience going to visit the Georgia Guidestones, please email us. Yeah, if you have theories, if you're mad, do you have menstrual rage? Let it out in an email and send it to us. Oh yeah. my god, that'd be great. That would be. We, we Is love there it. a monument where you live or that you've been to that we didn't talk about that you want us to add to the list? I would love to do that. Invite us over to spend the night so we Let's can visit out. that monument. <laughs> um, the email is none of this is real podcast at gmail.com. Please email us anything and everything. Whatever you want. Yeah. And then, you know, follow us on all the social medias. You know what they are. Um, you know. Rate and review. That'd be really cool and super helpful. We would really appreciate it. We really would. Um, oh, check out our Patreon. Like we said at the top, we're always revamping, always making it better for y'all. And uh, there's going to be new random weirdness episodes on there every month. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. Um, there's merch on Redbubble. Yes, there's merch we'll on go Redbubble. Go look at it. Buy some if you want. I don't know. An abolished time design is coming. Oh, yes. Shoot. I have to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We're just it's just the two of us. One of us is a Luddite. It's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, it's Everything's going to be okay. And uh, thank you, Michaela DeLeon and Gil Davis for the theme song. Thank you. We love you. I just really especially feel the need to remind you after all that, that you don't have to believe anything I just talked about or that Sarah just talked about. No, you certainly do not have to believe a word that just came out of our mouth holes. Um, But you do have to believe on yourself. Oh, yes, you've got to believe all over yourself. Come on. Build a monument of belief to yourself. And then blow it up and then build it again. (laughs) It's a a vicious cycle. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Bye. like that? Oh, yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah.